Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. How are you all doing? Let me try to get everything set up here. Oh no, I'm not. I'm here on YouTube and also on Facebook. So I'm trying to get my camera and everything set up properly. Um, Let me know in the chat where you guys are watching from. If you're having a good Thursday, I hope that you're having a good Thursday. Let's see. I was just um, working on my taxes. I guess it's kind of that season, right? Like the end of the year. Hi, Susan. Uh, and the time change, right? It's suddenly dark at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Hi, Carrie in Arizona and Tiffany. So yeah, I've been having a hard time with the time change. I think yesterday I literally went to bed at like 7.30 because it's dark at five. And so then you have dinner and then it just feels like time to go to bed. Uh, And it's also hard. I know some of you guys work and you end up riding in the dark, which is hard because it's dark and it's cold. I think that there is something kind of magical about riding in the dark under the lights. It's very peaceful and very magical, but it's also it's a hard time for the horses to be out sometimes. I think when it gets dark and dusk, horses just want to um, go home and go to bed. So what's on the agenda for tonight? We have some like super exciting things coming up in the next few months. And what else? Oh, today is my mother's birthday. So it's Joellen's birthday. So happy birthday, Joellen. For those of you guys that don't know, Joellen helps me a lot to manage everything. She's very active in managing the dressage club, and there's no way that I could do it without her. So I really appreciate everything that she does and how much she's really created Amelia's Dressage Club. And she's helped me to make it like a really positive environment. And that has required a lot of monitoring at the beginning. We had to like kick people off of the club and make sure that everyone was staying really positive and supportive. And now over time, it's gotten better and better to where we're not seeing so many negative comments. And we really have just like a wonderful, supportive community of people where people feel like they can post about their horses and that we can enjoy one another and help one another. So thank you, Joellen. My mom, Joellen, she started riding when I went to college. She always was so supportive of me as a kid and my riding, but she never took the time to ride herself. And so I'm really happy that now she is riding and she has several horses and she has an amazing ranch in Colorado. So that's really cool. And it's fun to share that with her. And I love to hear about how her horses are doing. And yeah, so happy birthday, mom. I don't know if you're watching, maybe you are um, enjoying your evening. 
Okay, what else? Oh, let me know in the chat if um, if you guys have been enjoying the drone footage. I think it's such a cool vantage point. And I have coming up, I have the snowman in um, from drone footage. So I'm really excited about that. And my goal, like one thing that I would love would I is I would love to have an app. Like this is my dream to have like Amelia's training app and to have a list of all my exercises. So like walk exercises, trot exercises, canter exercises, the different levels where the exercises would be good, um, different skills that the exercises work on. Like, does it work on suppleness? Does it work on throughness? Does it work on collection? And then to have like a diagram a drone footage of the exercise, and then me riding the exercise, me teaching a student through the exercise. And so yeah, maybe in the next few years, but I think making an app is really complicated. So that's somewhere down the road. What else? Um, oh, yeah, for those of you guys that took the training scale masterclass, we had our final call last Sunday, and it was so cool to hear from all the students in the masterclass and to hear how educated everyone sounded. And that's really like my vision with everything that I do is that I'm striving to educate all of you guys about dressage, about correct training, about different exercises that you can do. And so I was so proud to hear from the students and they were using like these big dressage terms, you know, like suppleness and throughness and the importance of the basics. And they just sounded so educated about the process of training, about the tools that they had for training. And so that was really fun to see the transformation in the students that took the training scale masterclass from the beginning where they just seemed kind of like didn't have focus and didn't have a structure to their training to now where they have so much structure and a big toolbox. And of course, training takes time, but that was really cool to see. Okay, let me get to your guys' questions. We have a lot of questions. I always like listening to your guys' questions. It always gives me good ideas for um, upcoming videos too. Okay. Larie says, what is the best approach when your horse doesn't want to be forward? My mare gets cranky sometimes and protests a few strides before she decides it's time to work. She does this at the trot and canter depending on her mood. Do I push her forward and ignore her head in the air and crankiness and ask for collection after she finds her rhythm? I can always get her to move out, but this phase isn't passing very quickly. So that's a good question. And for sure, um, forward is always the first priority. So before you were worrying about like keeping your horse on the bit or keeping your horse straight or anything is just about getting the horse going forward. Like I always say, when you get in your car, the first thing you do is you step on the gas. Then you worry about turning the wheel or whatever. But it doesn't make sense to start turning your steering wheel until your car is going forward. So get your horse going forward. If they give you, you know, a little attitude, just get through that and get the reaction where the horse moves forward. 
And then once the horse is going forward, really reward the horse. But if your horse, you know, kind of like puts their head up and gets a little cranky, they're testing you. They're testing like, are you going to push me through this? Are you really serious? And you have to like say, yes, I'm serious. Get going. And then the second they get going, reward them. The more consistent that you can be about getting the horse going forward and then rewarding your horse, the better and the less that they're going to challenge you and be cranky. So you have to just be consistent and clear and really get the horse going and then reward the horse. That is um, the most important thing. Another good thing if your horse doesn't really want to go forward is to do lots of transitions. So like go up to the trot, come back to the walk, go up to the trot, come back to the walk. That's another um, really good thing. Okay. Next question is from Cassidy. This is a bit of a silly question, but could you go over a proper salute to the judge? So, um, yeah. So when you're saluting to the judge, right, you go down the center line, you halt, you got to make your salute to the judge. A couple of things that are really important. One is you have to put both reins in your left hand and your whip. So if you have your whip in the right hand, it's really important to put your whip and both reins in your left hand, then put your right hand down and then nod your head. So that's a correct salute. Um, some people like do their hand out and the nod at the same time, that's fine. I always put my hand out and then nod. Um, it's, it's funny, like some riders have a little bit different styles to their salute. Like Catherine Dufour always like does it really kind of slowly and regally, which I think is, it just sets the tone for her ride. So that's interesting. Um, and then Cassidy said, this is just an idea, but have you ever thought about recording the tests, like first level tests as they should be written? So yeah, I have a lot of the tests on YouTube. If you Google like um, training level test three or first level test one, they're up on YouTube. I also have a training level um, course and a first level course. And I have some courses that I'm going to be offering for sale for Black Friday, which is next Friday already. I cannot believe, can you guys believe how fast this year has gone? That next Thursday is already Thanksgiving. It's just like so crazy. I can't even believe how fast this year has gone. So anyways, enjoy every day. Okay, Tiffany. I know Tiffany is here. I saw you watching, Tiffany. How do you go from free walk to medium walk smoothly? What are the cues, timing, and how to half halt to pick up the reins and turn onto the rail? Okay, that's a good one. So, and it's hard, you know, like in the test or just when you're practicing at home, you should always remember to practice your walk. And when you go from the free walk, and then you have to gather up your reins again. Um, a lot of horses will brace in their neck or maybe they'll want to jig or do something like that. So the way that I do it is that when I go from free walk to medium walk, I always shorten up on um, my inside rein first. So I, I shorten up on my inside rein because that helps to get a little bend as you shorten up your reins, which helps to keep the neck down. So, and I do it gradually. So like I shorten the inside rein, then what I do is I put a little inside leg on 
to move the horse into the outside rein. Then I shorten my outside rein and then I repeat that. So I do probably, I don't know, two or three times of like shortening the inside, shortening the outside, shortening the inside, shortening the outside rein. And I also often in the test, like you go free walk on the diagonal and then you shorten the reins as you come to the rail. So think about doing a little bit of a leg yield off of your inside leg as you take up the rein so that you're engaging that inside hind leg, getting your horse a little supple because you're pushing them a little over. And that will also help to prevent if your horse wants to jig when you take up from free walk to medium walk. So hopefully that helps you. Okay, here's a good question on YouTube from Sam. Is it possible that a beginner that has only one horse can become a much better rider? I know many riders can ride many horses every day. Okay, Sam, so that's a really good question. Like if you only ride one horse, can you become a much better rider? And I think the answer is yes and no. Obviously, it's like the 10,000 hour rule. So the more hours that you're riding, the more horses that you get to ride, that expedites your process um, and your improvement. So if you can ride eight horses a day, you're going to get better a lot faster than if you're only riding one horse per day. Now, that said, I have seen and I have a few students that only ride one horse a day. And if they do other things, they can get a lot better. So if you do things like join these Facebook live sessions, watch videos, visualize your riding, exercise your body, watch other people ride, you can get better a lot faster. So there's other ways to improve, but you really have to take your education seriously and, you know, watch as many videos as you can take an online course, come to these Facebook lives, and you can get better faster. Of course, the more horses you ride, the better you get. Okay, let's see. On YouTube, too, there's a lot of questions about stretching. Um, let's see. I have trouble. Frame says, I'm having trouble teaching my horse to stretch to the bridle, like in the stretch dressage circle. And Heather says, my mare will stretch down to the point that her nose almost touches the ground. How do I encourage her to stretch forward and down? Okay, so stretching down. That's a good thing to talk about. And I think that like the stretch circle shows up in training level and first level. The reason that the stretch circle is there is because it's a test of your horse's relaxation, suppleness, and contact and connection. So that's the purpose of the stretch circle. At a very basic level, horses are prey animals, which means that they're always first and foremost for them is that they need to protect themselves. So that's why they're always you know, on edge and looking for the lion in the bushes. When horses put their head down, it puts them in a vulnerable position because when their head goes down, they can't look around as much. So in order to put their head down, they have to be relaxed. 
And one of the best ways to start working on this is from the ground. So I always teach my horses to lower their head and I do it a lot. So like when I go to get my horse from their paddock or from their stall or whatever, and I put the the halter on, I always ask them to put their head down because it's just um, checking in with getting them to submit, getting them to relax, getting them to put their head down. And so I think if you're having trouble with a stretch circle, that's where I would start is I would teach my horse a pull release that that when you put your hand on their pole, they drop their head down. And you do this when you put the bridle on, you do this before you get on your horse. That's really where it starts is just basically teaching your horse to give to the pressure on their pole. I'm actually working on recording my um, my groundwork course. And I go a lot into like, basically, you can teach your horse to stretch down from the ground by just teaching them to lower their pole and then start teaching them to walk forward and put their head down. That's where I would start. And then, of course, when you're riding, um, you want to a, a few things like before you you work on the stretch, you want to make sure that your horse is round and through like that. They're really using their neck correctly and coming through in the contact. And then one of the most common mistakes that riders make is that um, when they uh, when they go to start the stretch circle, they kind of just throw the reins away. So like if you're riding along and your horse is round and you want to get the horse to stretch down, you have to do it incrementally. So you need to like bend your horse a little to the inside, move your horse into the outside rein, And then when you feel your horse go into the outside rein, you soften your hands just a little bit and you want to really feel like the horse is seeking the contact. So when your hands go forward, that the horse seeks the contact down and out. If your horse is, um, is too curled when you do the stretch, then pushing them a little off the inside leg and getting them into the outside rein pushing into the outside rein and then offering that hand a little forward will help to get the nose more out. And then you also have to worry about in the stretch circle is the tempo, not letting your horse like speed up or slow down and really keeping that nice shape to your circle. So there's a lot that goes on in a stretch circle and hopefully that helps you out. Um, Natalie, do I read sports psychology books? That's a good question, Natalie. Um, not really, but I, um, I'll look into that sports psychology books. I will definitely look into that. Let's see. Valeria is on YouTube. Hello from Uruguay. That's so cool. I'm a coach and trainer and I admire all of all you do for the sake of good dressage. Yay. It's so nice to hear from all of you guys. I'm like so proud of the of the community that we have here. Let's see. Someone asked, where's Mr. Scrambled Eggs tonight? Um, Mr. Scrambled Eggs is my husband and he's cooking dinner. So he didn't want to come on tonight, which I like it when he comes, but I also smell some yummy dinner cooking. So that's good too. All right. Um, let's see. Donna has a question. When leg yielding at the trot, I know the outside rein controls the shoulder. Is the inside rein straight and a little soft and giving? I feel like I may be blocking some. Okay, that's a good question. So 
leg yield. When we do a leg yield, we want our horse to have slight flexion to the body. So if we looked at the drone view, which I have some, in a leg yield, your horse should be straight from their pole to their tail. They should not be bent. They have just a very slight flexion in the, in the jaw, but no bend in the body. Your outside rein is the dominant rein. So it's inside leg and outside rein for a leg yield. With your inside rein, you want to be flexing and softening. So, so the job of your inside rein is to a little bit keep that flexion just in the throat latch of your horse. But I like to be able to always test in the leg yield if you can give a little on the inside rein. So keep the outside rein steady and then be able to give a little on the inside rein because you're right, you don't want to be blocking your horse with the inside rein because if you hold too much on the inside rein, it's going to cause your horse to overbend in the neck and bulge through the shoulder. Okay, next question is from Nicole. I'm a beginner rider and I took a fall riding clockwise. It was a spook and bolt. Since the fall in June, I've been building up my confidence riding counterclockwise, but I freeze up still going clockwise. I always was a bit more timid in this direction as my horse is more forward. Put me on a lead line though, and I'm just fine. Any recommendations to work through this? Okay, um, that's a good question, Nicole. So I think that it's always it's always hard when you have a fall or when you have a bad experience because it does really set you back and it takes a long time and a lot of like baby steps to build up your confidence again and also your horse's confidence and you don't want to have a repeat of the incident or the fall. So I think you're on the right track with just going slow and going in the direction where you and your horse are more comfortable and more confident. I think that's good idea. I also think putting yourself, having your instructor lunge you in the more difficult direction is a good idea just to, again to build up your confidence. I would also recommend maybe having your um, trainer ride your horse some just to build up your horse's confidence in that more difficult direction and make sure that your horse is really relaxed and watch your trainer ride your horse in the difficult direction and kind of visualize what that feels like and really give yourself the confidence that if your horse can do it with your trainer, then you can do it with your horse as well. Another thing that I think is always important, like whenever you have a direction or a side that is more difficult is to try to really analyze why that side is more difficult. So often, like most horses and riders prefer going to the left, um, which is, I guess the left is clockwise. I always say left and right. I don't say clockwise and counterclockwise. But anyways, most horses and riders, it's easier to go to the left. And when you go to the right, it's more difficult. Part of the reason that is, is because horses don't bend as well to the right in general. Now there's exceptions. So if I'm having trouble going to the right, I go back to just being able to get my horse to bend to the right, like even start from the ground and just really make sure that you can bend your horse. Because if you can 
bend your horse. And if you can get the hindquarters to yield, that's what keeps you safe. That's like a one rein stop. So when your horse goes to bolt, if you can get their head around and yield the hindquarters, then that's going to keep you safe. So go back to teaching your horse to bend and make sure that you can that you can tip your horse's nose to the inside and get the hindquarters to yield to the outside. Just start with that even at the walk. And then when you feel like your horse starts going too fast, regulate that speed by bending them. So you need to, when you, whenever, for any of you guys, when your horse starts going too fast, pulling back on two reins and telling your horse to slow down is never going to work. But if you can bend your horse and put your horse in a little shoulder four and drift those hindquarters, that's going to be what keeps you safe. And when you have that tool, then you're going to have more confidence. So, and that all goes back to, like, I keep going back to groundwork. And it's interesting because I come from a background of natural horsemanship and starting young horses. And so I have a lot of tools and a lot of skills that I use on the ground so that whenever I have a problem under saddle, in order to keep myself safe and keep my horse safe, I pretty much always go back to doing something on the ground. So that's what I would go back to is, yeah, groundwork. And then I think, like you say, just go the easy direction where you feel comfortable go a little bit the hard direction. When you and your horse start to get tense, go back to the easy direction and just keep building up your confidence. All right. Uh, let's see. Virginia. In July, I started back to riding after decades away. Let me know in the chat if any of you guys, I'm curious, did any of you guys take like a big break? Like I have, I feel like there's a lot of people that rode when they were kids. And then they took a big break to um, have children or have a career or whatever. And then now that they're older, they're riding again. So let me know in the chat if that's you. So that's Virginia. So she says, um, taking weekly lessons and half leasing a quarter horse mare. The amount of leg that she and the other school horses I've ridden in this program require to move forward seem kind of extreme to me. Any bit of forward only lasts at most a few strides. I'm sure my position is a factor. I'm tipping forward. Still, I find I'm not enjoying kicking and kicking and being yelled at to use the whip throughout the ride. I've had some successes with your suggestions to use a lot of transitions. Any other suggestions? I hate to nag and nag. Is it possible to develop bad habits by riding school horses exclusively? Uh, I don't blame the horse. She's great at her job. Okay, let's see. Okay, looks here. We have a lot of people. Jennifer took a 30-year break. Um, Chelsea, I rode off and on in college, so only five years. Diane came back at 50. Um, Cool. Yeah, it's it's that's I think what's really cool about dressage is that you're never too old to get back into it and to start it up again because you can always learn and you can always get better. And like even a lot of the Olympians are older. So it's definitely um, it's cool. You can take a break and still get back into it. OK, so to answer Valor Virginia's question. There's definitely, I want to say that there's huge value in riding a school horse because 
school horses, while they may be lazy and dull and stiff, you can be safe on them. And so to get your fitness and to get your confidence, it's really, really invaluable to ride a school horse. And you're right. Like you might get frustrated with being like, oh my gosh, like I'm kicking all the time and the horse is so stiff. But if you can get your fitness and get your seat back and get your confidence up on a horse that's lazy and a little dull, that's a good thing. So then once you have your confidence and you have your position and you have your seat, then go and ride something that's a little more sophisticated and a little more athletic. But school horses get lazy and dull because they have a lot of beginners that are like bouncing around on them and that don't have sophisticated aids. So like Virginia said, you know, doing some transitions like walk, tra- walk transitions to get the horse more awake and more alert to you is great. Um, but I think that, you know, it's definitely, it's great that you have access to a school horse. And then as your position and as your aids get stronger, you can make the school horse more reactive. I think that horses go the way you ride them. So you might have to overcome a lot of bad riding, but you can get there. So good question. Let's see who else here. Um, Let's see. Red Mare says, Mary Jo. Hi, Mary Jo. I rode throughout my adult years, but then had a six-year break. Just came back a few months ago at age 63. It's difficult to get myself and my 19-year-old horse in shape. Yes, but you can do it. Um, Yes, Natalie Davis. I'm grateful to every horse I've ever ridden. Me too. Amen. I think every horse teaches us something. Okay, let's see. What else? Andrea says, do you ever use the bum band systems for top line and hindquarter strength? Do you think they are just gimmicky? Um, Is it best to just do transitions? Okay, that's a good question. So the bum bands are like, you can get these bands that you put around your horse's butt, like you hook them to the saddle pad and they go around your horse's butt. And I have used them. I have a client that has them. I mean, in general, I think that just doing transitions and, and is the best way to strengthen your hind end. I do think that like a band or something like that can help to activate your horse's hind end under. But you always want to be careful. Like if your horse isn't used to things being around their butt, it can be very exciting. So any time that you introduce something new to your horse, you want to be very careful about how you introduce it and really know your horse. So hopefully that answers your question. Let's see, Carrie, introducing lateral work to horses who are rehab. Should we do a little every day? Um, that's a good question. Okay. So for rehab and introducing lateral work, lateral work is always like the last thing that you want to introduce, particularly if you're rehabbing from like a tendon injury. So, um, make sure your horse is really fit and kind of up to full work and really do a lot of transitions before you start to do a lot of lateral work. And then I would just 
introduce it very slowly. Like, you know, just start by just doing a few steps of leg yield straight, a few steps of leg yield straight and make sure to listen to your horse and keep the basics correct. So make sure your horse stays using their top line correctly. Make sure that you don't lose the quality of the gait. All of that stuff is going to tell you when you need to kind of back off of the lateral work. And I think that's true for everything in, um, in training your horse is that it's always like you want to challenge your horse and do something a little bit harder. But when the basics fall apart, like we were talking about this in the training scale masterclass is that we have the training scale and you work more or less from the bottom up. And when things start falling apart, like when you're working on a really complicated movement and things start falling apart, then it's always good to go back to the basics. You have to figure out what fell apart. You know, was it your rhythm? Was it the suppleness? Was it the connection? And then you have to go back and fix that. You can't just keep doing the complicated movement. So dressage is all about basics. That's what makes it really fun. That's what um, you always have to go back to. So anyways, um, I smell yummy dinner cooking. So I think I'm going to go have dinner. But Next Thursday is Thanksgiving. So I think I'll probably do the Facebook Live on Friday instead of Thursday because I hope that you guys are all going to be spending time with your family. I think that that's really important. I think Thanksgiving is really a time to reflect and to be grateful for all of the blessings that we have in our life because remember that you know, because we have horses, because we get to ride, that's a huge blessing. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to all of my horses. I'm so grateful to my health. I'm so grateful to everyone that supports me. So next Thursday, I'm definitely going to be spending some time reflecting and being grateful. And I hope that you guys are going to be doing that. Also, I will try to go live on Friday. And I have some awesome Black Friday deals on some of my courses. So I don't do sales very often. But since it is Black Friday, they could also be a great gift if you have a friend who's a riding friend and maybe needs some help with their horses, some education. I have a lot of really great courses and great resources online. And it's so amazing how much the courses and how much the online resources actually make a difference in your riding and in your training. And it makes me really happy to, to see all of you guys making progress, asking questions, becoming more educated in your riding and with your horse. So yeah, happy Thanksgiving, Beth. Happy Thanksgiving, Dottie. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day next Thursday and I'll see you on Friday. So ask me your questions and yeah, I try to get to as many questions as I can, but that's it for tonight. Have a wonderful evening and I hope you're having something yummy for dinner. Bye everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions and I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage. 
and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.